0: Welcome back to Young Money Mindset, hosted by Luke Correggia and Robbie Holacross. from From the ground up, where we talk about mindset, real estate, the hustle, and everything to help you achieve your dreams. Welcome back to Young Money Mindset. This is Luke Kuretchia. This is Robbie Holycross. Super glad
1: to be bringing you guys another podcast episode. There's a hell of a lot going on in the world, so we're excited to talk about it.
0: Yeah, tons of stuff going on out there, as I'm sure you guys are aware. Let's kick it right off here, Robbie. So one of the biggest things that we see is, you know, obviously everything going on with uh, Ukraine and Russia, kind of what we had mentioned in our previous uh, podcast as well. But how do you think this is going to affect uh, inflation? And um, kind of what we see interest rates doing here, because I know that's top of mind to a lot of people.
1: Yeah, I mean inflation's crazy right now. I mean gas prices in LA are up to eight dollars here in the valley. They're hovering right around four dollars. And again, it's like a question of sustainability. So how long can we uphold this before the Fed, you know, does something to help us out? So obviously they've been moving in, in the direction of increasing interest rates. And I think you know obviously this is gonna put a halt on it. So I don't know. It'll be, you know, we'll have to just wait and see how the Fed responds to it. But these price increases—they're just not sustainable, you know. So something's something's got to give.
0: Sustainability is something. Yeah, we see a ton of and affordability. Really, how long can we sustain these price increases and still maintain an f- affordable home? Right. My personal view of this is really, if you study what the Federal Reserve's done, in particular, Paul Volcker was the chairman of the Federal Reserve back in the the 1970s and when they had what what they called runaway inflation what they ended up doing was they ended up increasing interest rates all the way up to 16 in some cases even 20% yeah and the reason they did that really is to fight inflation to basically curve dem- uh, curve the demand and kind of allow the economy to catch back up. So artificially, though, it crashes the market.
1: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: That's I guess that's the biggest you know scare a lot of people have is are we going to get Volknered again where they have to where they're kind of forced to raise rates. Yeah, I don't think the Fed necessarily wants to do that, but they might be backed into a corner where you know there's Russian Ukraine conflict you know, isn't so slowing anything down. I mean, I, yeah. have you seen a slowdown in real estate since this, this war started?
1: No chance. I haven't seen anything as far as in our market.
0: Me neither. And I, you know, that day we woke up, I think it was what, February 25th. They they launched that invasion Yeah, somewhere right around right. there. What I, I was thinking is, man, you know, these deals I have in escrow, am I going to start getting phone calls? Like, Hey Luke, should we back out? Should People we getting away?
1: timid, not sure what's going to happen with the market. You exactly.
0: Know, and I, I didn't really see any of that. And everyone I've talked to in the business here, no one's, really said that they've seen any any people so scared that they're not purchasing a house anymore. So Yeah,
1: and I'm just getting to a year in and as far as how the market's felt for me even with my buyers and sellers in the last couple of months, I mean it's as hot as it's been since I've been in real estate. So
0: Yeah, we've been in yeah. this crazy market, yeah, for quite some time now, and it's really interesting to me that we haven't really seen that that big int- interest rate e- increase either. I mean, I think rates right now, I was just talking, I was at the title company and that's all they do, right? They, they sign those closing disclosures and those uh, settlement sheets all day long. It's basically all they do, you know, eight to 10 hours a day. And, you know, they're seeing rates now hovering right around those fours. Most people yeah, right now are getting kind of up there right around the four, maybe high threes, low fours. So I have, we really haven't seen interest rates increase that much, but when you put it in perspective, right, I mean, six to what twelve months ago you were seeing, you know, two eight, two yeah. seven, so sub I guess, three, yeah, yeah, sub three. So I guess they have gone up about you know two points, you know, roughly yeah. since then. But I mean, how do you handle all this the stress, Robbie, of of um, you know the uncertainty, the war, real estate, one hundred percent commission. Yeah, I know there's some folks probably listening to us that are maybe they're in a nine to five job or they're one hundred percent commission. How do you deal with the stress of of having these these uncertain times?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I'd definitely be lying if I said I didn't have fears. Um, I know you and I kind of teeter totter back and forth all the time. We're like flip floppers. Yeah, I don't, I don't see the market slowing down. I haven't seen any signs to slow it down. But if you look at just from a sustainability standpoint, I mean, it has to. I mean, something has to give. Um, I definitely don't think it would ever dip, especially here in our market, especially in Maricopa County, with it being as hot as it is. Um, But it's gonna have to level off, and I feel like for the time being, while Russia's invading Ukraine, I feel like we're kind of just going to be in a holding pattern. Um, I don't think much is going to change one way or the other until there's some type of resolution over there. Um, and while we're talking about that, I want to shout out our podcast editor is actually from Ukraine. Um, so I had shot him our last podcast and he was getting uh, or he was having some trouble getting it back to me. So I messaged him. I was like, hey, man, what's going on? Are we're going to see this soon. Um, and he's like, Hey, sorry for the delay. Um, I don't know if you know, but there's a war going on in Ukraine. Um, and I managed to just get my family to Poland in the nick of time. So I was just asking him questions. I was like, so, I mean, out of curiosity, I was like, what's the next step for you here? Like, do you have any clue what you're going to be doing? And he's like, he's like, I have no idea. Like we're, we're almost to Poland here. He goes, I don't know if they have, you know, anything set up for us. I don't know if they have housing. I don't know if they have food. I don't know if they have water. He's just he picked up his family and is is gone. So, I mean, my heart goes out to anybody in that situation. I mean, for just the videos and things that I've been seeing online, it's it's, it's unreal. It, yeah. it, it is, it's heartbreaking. It really is
0: unreal when you think it's, about it. I mean, to try to put yourself in their shoes, it's so difficult to do because it's just so foreign to us. I mean, we've never yeah. you know, been in a position. And to see it
1: like that on social media, I mean, I, for me, I've never... I mean, I'm, I know this happens all over the world all the time, but this is highlighted right now. And the fact that it's making it to all these media outlets, it's just, it's crazy to really see it firsthand like this.
0: Yeah. Um, you can't go a day right now. I think pretty much anywhere. I mean, I know at least here in Arizona and probably the United States, like I can't go a day without hearing about it in no. some way, whether it's news or, you know, walking by someone, grabbing a cup of coffee, they're talking about it. I mean, just it's on everyone's mind, it seems so. Um, definitely, our hearts go out to our, our Ukrainian editor.
1: Yeah, um, we'll uh, we'll keep sending him our business. Yeah, um, and hopefully everything's working working out well for him and his family over that way.
0: Yeah, yeah, our hearts definitely go out to you. I know a lot of people are, you know, going over to Poland and kind of migrating, um, but yeah, it's just it's incredible what's happening right now, and I, I can't say enough good things about those Ukrainian people too that have the courage to sit there and fight and fight and fight yeah. too. So, all all my respect to them. Um, So with that being said, Ravi, um, what do you see? I know we kind of touched on, you know, the Russian-Ukraine war um, and and kind of how you handle that uncertainty. But when you really think about it, I mean, how does this affect our day-to-day life, right? I mean, that's one thing I think about a lot is like, how does this affect day-to-day? And I I know, you know, we had mentioned gas prices, right, are going up. But how do you think that's going to affect our clients? How do you think that's, you know, going to affect our inspectors? I just left yeah. an inspection where the inspector was like, "Hey, man, I'm not doing anything in the East Valley um, if gas prices keep going up." So, are we going to start seeing widespread, you know, companies refusing to service different parts of the valley? Yeah, um, kind of go more localized, or yeah. do you think that's even going to play into anything?
1: I think it'll have to play into our demand. I mean, I think you know if money's if just the cost of living goes up that much, I mean, people are going to have to hold their, their pockets a bit tighter, you know, especially with that uncertainty. I mean, how do you go out and spend a bunch of money right now in this market when you don't know what interest rates are going to be at? You don't know if the price of gas is going to continue to rise. You don't know if your groceries are going to go up. Um, I, that's why I kind of feel like for the time being, while the world is as chaotic as it is right now, I feel like we're kind of just in a holding pattern. Um, and granted, I have not seen any slow in demand yet. I don't know, maybe it's lagging a little bit and we'll feel it here, you know, in a month or so. But um, and then you said as well, as far as it affecting our day to day, to be completely honest, it it hasn't affected my day to day at all just yet. Um, But it'll be interesting to see if that lag effect does come here in the near future.
0: And one thing I think everyone should kind of keep an eye out on and one thing I'm looking at a lot right now is um, what's called consumer debt. Right. Because what happens a lot of times and. You know these particular situations is if let's say you're used to living on x amount of dollars let's say just for simple math let's say it's two thousand dollars a month and your family is you know obviously that we know that's not realistic but you know let's say someone is you know supporting a family of four or five on two thousand dollars a month what does that do when we start seeing you know inflation cost of goods going up gas go up what do you think that does to consumer debt because a lot of people don't wake up and just change all of their habits overnight, right? right? Even though they should, right? I mean, theoretically everything costs more. They're still making the same amount of money. Yeah. So they should, right? But a lot of people don't. So what we end up seeing usually is consumer debt rising. And that's when it really starts getting scary in my opinion because then you have what's called micro bubbles in a big bubble. And I'm actually reading a really good book on it. It's called The Art of the Bubble. And they talk about like these bubbles that form in, in economics. Yeah. And one of the biggest things they say and exactly where I'm getting this information from is that when consumer debt rises like that and you start seeing higher and higher inflation, you have what's called a price, uh, price uh, wage spiral where basically prices have to, prices go up, then wages have to go up, and then it, it kind of feeds. It it's like a loop. Out. No, yeah. it's like a loop that that basically feeds into it. So prices go up, wages go up, which means prices have to go higher, which yeah. means wages have to go higher. So then we're just climbing up the ladder. Well, yeah. Exactly, yeah. until something gives, right? Yeah. Something, something has to give in that situation. So I think that's kind of what we were just, just talking about earlier was, you know, how long is this market sustainable? And I think personally, there's going to be a lot of opportunities coming up. Um, One thing, you know, I'm just saying this so I can look back on it Mm -hmm. in um, six to 12 months, but I think everyone should be cash heavy. And the big, the big, um, you know, argument you'll hear against going cash heavy right now and and having cash sitting on the sidelines is you hear inflation. Oh, what your money's losing value, right? Now that's only true if you plan on using that money to buy, items or commodities that have already increased in value now if you have let's say x amount of dollars where you're holding that just only looking at stocks bonds and crypto and real estate right and those go down then you really didn't lose any money to inflation you actually gained purchasing power because you'll be able to buy the same amount or more of that stock if it's going down yeah. Um, so the inflation argument, in, in my opinion, doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you're only using that capital to invest. Yeah. Now, if you're talking about food and, and your normal day-to-day stuff, then by all means, I think that should be something that you're kind of stocking up on. Um, so you're yeah. currently slowing your investments down then? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm slowing. Well, just to clarify, what I'm doing personally is right now I have about a third of my portfolio in cash. Now, I'm still 60% out of the market. And those are my long-term plays. The market could go down 90% tomorrow. And you're going to hold it regardless. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the other 30% of my portfolio, I think it's like 33, it's all broken up into into thirds, um, is in cash. And basically, what I plan on doing with that is adding to that cash position And watching the market as the market rotates, I'm gonna start buying back in.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Which we've already seen. I mean, you know, Bitcoin has dropped. Um, It did have a rally, but then it it did drop. I think a lot of these rallies you're seeing right now are not like it's a convictionless rally, is what I've heard. Yeah, there's
1: nothing behind it. Exactly. It's,
0: It's, you know, it pumps up and then all the conviction, you know, everyone says, screw it, we're selling, and then it goes right back down. So, um, that's personally what I'm doing. What are you doing in terms of investments, Robbie? I, I'm, a, I'm a
1: big believer in scared money doesn't make money. So I'm, I, I continuously invest. I'm, I, I like to get money out of my pockets. If it's, in my, you know, if it's in my checking account, I'm spending it on the stupid items. So the more I can get it out of my pockets into investments, I agree with having you know, a few months of you know, your living costs saved up. That's definitely something everybody should have, your emergency fund and a few months of your, your typical living costs. Um, but all my money is, is in and out. I keep it in investment accounts or I'm putting it into flips or anywhere I can go where I think I'm going to make more money than what's sitting in my account. I'm, I'm getting it out of my You're account.
0: Yep. Okay. That's a good, I mean, that's great. And that's, and it really kind of comes down to, it's obviously different for everyone. And, um, I mean, it really kind of depends on where you're at in life, you know, depending on, you know, what the, that best strategy is. And I guess it's always evolving too. One thing me and Robbie were just saying was, you know, I was like, I'm a flip-flopper now. Like one day. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, we don't, we we really don't. And, um, you know, hopefully you guys do see value in this podcast. Um, That's one goal we've always said from the beginning is to provide value. And uh, if there's ever anything that we can touch on that you guys want, I mean, by all means. I mean, really,
1: that's all we're trying to do here is provide value to whoever's listening. So if you are one of those listeners and there's, you know, certain things you're unsure about or something you want us to touch on, I mean, DM us on Instagram, shoot us a text. I'm sure a lot of us or a lot of you guys do have our contacts. So um, definitely let us know if there's anything
0: like that you guys want us to talk about. For sure. And switching gears here a little bit, um, kind of back to the real estate side of things. Um, I looked at a couple really interesting statistics. One of them was, what property can I afford? That question has seen a 100% rise in searches over the last 12 months.
1: On Google. On Google. So people searching for what home they can afford from 2020 to 2021 went up by
0: 100%. 100, yep.
1: I mean, off the top of your head, what... Um, what do you feel caused that? Is Do you think it's just because interest rates were at a crazy low? Yeah, I think just it's... Just during COVID, you know, people are, are, they have cash, it's easy to get. I think um,
0: interest rates being low. Um, and then not to mention the headlines, you know, the constant headlines reading... You know, record setting house housing prices. Market, housing market,
1: H- housing market. All the news is on the housing market. Exactly. Yeah. How yeah. fast
0: houses are selling for, yeah. what they're selling
1: for. Over the list. yeah. Breaking
0: Over neighborhood yeah. records. I think a lot yeah. of people are curious okay, well, if we're in some crazy market, Houses are so much more, yeah. what can I afford? Yeah, right? and it's kind of
1: that bandwagon effect too. It's like if everybody else is buying, maybe I should be buying, right? So,
0: And I think we're seeing a lot of that too right yeah. now. I think we're seeing a lot of people right now fall into that category or they fall into the category of, you know, I might as well lock in a little right now, right, yeah. before rates rates start going up. Yeah. Um, another big question that got a huge increase was, and this one probably isn't surprising, is are property prices going down? We saw a 75% increase in searches in that over the last 12 months. Hmm. So I think there's more and more people right now thinking, is this the top of the market? Or are we still in the middle of the cycle? Are we rising
1: or are we we starting to teeter off? Um, And that being said, I'm also a big believer that if you can't afford now and you can get approved now, I think you should buy now. Um, regardless of the market, regardless of the situation. And that's just because of the the simple inflation and the equity you gain as far as being a property owner. So, you know, I think, you know, timing of it does matter, but regardless of what situation you're in, I think if you're able to buy, you should buy.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I, I think, you know, just take it even one step further. I think rather than looking at what can I afford today and tomorrow and what, how, you know, how can I make this work? I think a lot of people should be focused on those reserves. I yeah. think once you get those reserves in, then by all means, I think you should buy. Because either way, you'll be able to ride out the bad turns. Yeah. And historically, real estate has always increased in value. So I think there's huge opportunities out there. I think there's going to be a lot more opportunities to come yeah. as long as you can ride out those and bad And you put years.
1: yourself in a position to where you don't need to do anything you know, if the market does fall. Exactly. So yeah. as long as you're- You're yeah. not
0: forced to sell, right? At the bottom of the market because you didn't have your correct reserves in place. Maybe yeah. you lost the job, maybe your income, maybe you're a hundred percent commission like we are and we yeah. go, you know, from selling a couple houses to nothing yeah. or one.
1: And at the end of the day, it's cyclical too. So if it does fall out, you know it's a guarantee it'll be right back up and it'll always surpass what it had, you know, at the last peak. So it's a a matter of holding and, you know, being smart with your money, having those reserves so you can make plays like that.
0: And positioning yourself. I had a really good instructor in real estate school that really told us how a lot of these people made millions of dollars back into the, the 2008 crash. And how a lot of those people did it is they were exactly like what we're saying right now. They were positioning themselves prior to that crash to take yeah. advantage of opportunities now those same homes where we go back and look at the tax records robbie yeah. we look at some of these houses they were buying at 55 60 68 thousand now yeah. those same houses are selling for four five hundred thousand yeah and they were buying you know three or four of them
1: yeah so if this bottom does fall out that 33 percent that you've gotten cash is gonna be an easy investment for you exactly yeah. that'll
0: be it yep yeah, deploy those funds and then you know hopefully,
1: yep. and that ride it on up Ride the market <laughs> out.
0: yeah yeah um another big question we saw get googled here that we want to answer for you guys is what does contingent mean Robbie?
1: So contingent means you have an offer out basically that is in a holding pattern because something else needs to follow suit before. So we see it in the real estate market. You'll see like an offer either contingent on the acceptance of an offer of a buyer selling their current residence or um, contingent on on the sale of a property by a certain date. Um, so it's kind of, it's very hard to get a contingent offer accepted in this market because there is such a high demand and there's so many buyers willing to cash them out. Um, but basically it just means there's one more element that needs to take place during that before, you know, the next deal can fall through.
0: And the biggest, the biggest thing I think I explained to my clients a, a ton is, you know, what does that appraisal contingency mean, right? Right. So that appraisal contingency really just means that the bank is dependent on that value being what the contract purchase price was, it's gotta be the same number as that appraisal price. Right. And it's dependent on that happening. Otherwise, there's opportunities there to either do, you know, back out or have the seller yeah. reduce the price. And or- we see a
1: lot of people right now waiving appraisal contingencies in this market, especially these California buyers that have a ton of money. Um, and that's just so that they can outbid these people by X amount. And they're saying, hey, regardless of what this property appraises at, I'm going to pay this. So
0: one of the biggest examples I always give my clients is in it's the state of Arizona. Every offer, unless you remove the contingency, is always contingent on an appraisal. Right. So if Robbie owns a three hundred thousand dollar house and I go to Robbie and give him a million dollar offer, and I don't waive the appraisal contingency. Then effectively, that offer is dependent on the appraisal coming back at a million. Now we both know the property is only worth three hundred. Right. So I can show them whatever I want on that purchase price, but unless I waive that contingency, it really has no difference in the outcome. Yeah. Um, And that's what we see a ton in this market right now. And something to be said with that as well. I
1: mean, obviously, if that appraisal, like on that situation you just said, comes back at 300, that doesn't mean that the seller has to accept. That's another period of negotiation where the seller can then has the opportunity to cancel as well.
0: Yeah. And that's why I always tell clients, you know, really there's and, and I tell homeowners this as well, whether we buy the house cash or we sell the house for them is there's really three opportunities they have to negotiate with you. Right. a lot of people selling their house or maybe you're buying a house right now you really only think you got one shot at negotiating but in reality you know you have that appraisal and you have your inspection period right where you're gonna you know maybe ask for repairs maybe you ask for credits um, so there's a lot of different moving parts there's actually what do we say 182 different moving pieces when you sell a property so yeah um, hopefully that's provided some value to you guys um, and answered some of your questions if there's ever anything we can do to provide value, we're all ears here. I think we'd be happy to hear from someone. Yeah, shoot someone. us some ideas. Yeah, shoot those over to you guys uh, or to us. And we appreciate you guys listening to the podcast today. And I uh, hope you guys make it a great day. Take appreciate care. you guys. Catch you next time.